Welcome to the Lifelinks Podcast, all you sassy Latinas. This is where you come to hear stories that resonate with you, help you discover your true cultural identity, tossing off the need to fit in, and standing out with your authenticity, because that is your superpower. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, and also the creator of this content. If there's anything you'd like to share, please reach out to us on our Instagram social media at lifelinks, that's L-N-X-X, or through our website at thelinks.com. Of course, come here for some love and chat sessions with our fab guests from the comunidad. Sit back, have your cafecito, maybe some vino, whatever you like, we are bringing the sisterhood to you. Hola chicas, welcome to another episode of the Lifelinks Podcast. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, coming to you in the first episode of spring. Hoping you are at least seeing some sunshine and flowers and breakthrough from this crazy, horrible winter. But here we have been inundated with these atmospheric rivers that are creating a lot of havoc and disruption for the people who bring us our food our farm workers here in California. We will be giving a special shout out at the end of the episode for a woman who is really leading the way and showing us how to support the farm worker community. So stay tuned at the end. We have such a fun and exciting episode for you today based on, yes, your love of everything, your love of cafecito. And never before have you considered cafe like you will after this episode. Our special guest, Gardinia Rosales, or Gardi to us and her friends, is the founder of Cipota Coffee, a Los Angeles-based brand spreading the rich coffee culture of El Salvador. Gardinia's passion for coffee started as a youth when a vivacious little seven-year-old would wake up in the morning to help her dad brew coffee for the family. She's dedicated her life to trying specialty coffees around her hometown and any place she's traveled. Her Salvadoran parents shared with her the warmth and love of Central American coffee and culture, and she hopes to pass that along to us today. So without any more hesitation, because I know you have your cafecito with you, let's bring on Gardi. Welcome to the show, Gardinia, and thank you for sharing your time with us. Yeah, thank you for having me, Consuelo. I appreciate you thinking of me for your podcast. I was so excited to find you on the We All Grow community. For our listeners, yes, we know we do a lot of cafecito shout outs and me, I can't even mm -hmm. start my day without my cafecito. So I was excited to find you with your coffee company, which we are going to get into very deeply because yeah. it's so exciting. But uh, why don't you share with us first a little background of your family and your heritage? Yeah, um, so my parents were both born in El Salvador um, in the same little town, Santa Rosa de Lima. My mom, uh, my grandparents, my grandma was a teacher on my mom's side. My grandpa was like, he would import goods from like Honduras. My dad, his parents, they were more like little entrepreneurs. So they would find like little ways to make money. They would make candies. And my dad always um, tells us these stories where he would go out like at eight years old and sell these candies. And, <laughs> you know, my, my grandma would make tamales and um, sell them, things like that, you know. 
Oh, yeah. that's where you get your entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. My yeah. my dad for sure. My mom, from my mom's side, I think I get like this like adventurous like curiosity, and then my dad, I get that entrepreneurship mind, and you know. They came to Los Angeles, my dad, when he was 15, my mom was 20 during the Civil War in El Salvador. I was born in L.A. We grew up in a two, three bedroom apartment with my four siblings and my parents. It was always a good time with so many siblings in the house. But the big thing about growing up in a Salvadorian household, and I always say like I'm really fortunate that my parents shared their culture with us and it wasn't like a you have to assimilate to here and I grew up around a lot of different cultures like a lot of Filipino communities a lot of Korean communities Armenian communities having pan, pan dulce with cafe in the morning it was every morning a platanos <laughs> <laughs> so your parents were probably Salvadoran and shared the community with you inside the home. And you were being raised in a very diverse community in, in East Hollywood. You didn't feel the separation then? Growing up, I didn't so much because it was so diverse. Like if you met someone new in high school, say one of the first questions you would hear was like, oh, where are you from? And you knew that meant like, where's your heritage? Like, where are your parents from? Or where are you from if you weren't born here? And everyone was so open about sharing that. <clears throat> Where I did feel a huge separation was when I went to college in Oregon. Oregon is not as diverse as yeah, <laughs> the neighborhood yeah. I grew up in. And I remember one of my first classes there, I sat down and I was on my phone, you know, like looking down, finally put it down. I look around. There is only white students around me. Blonde hair, oh. blue eyes everywhere. You know? And I'm like oh, wow. looking and I was like, this is weird. I'm like, I was the only Latina. I was the only person who was not white in that classroom of maybe like 30 students. And that's when I felt weird because I had never experienced that in my life. I remember after class ended, I called my mom. I was like, mom, I was the only Latina in that class. That was so weird. And I was like, made me a little bit like nervous. I spoke mainly Spanish at home. So there's certain words in English where we didn't speak English at home. There's certain words we pronounce differently. Sure. And I remember or working on a project had to do with salmon. And I said salmon. And I'd been saying salmon, salmon my whole life by then. <laughs> and then this girl looks at me and she goes, it's salmon. And I was like, okay. You know, oh, so. well, thanks for that. Yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. It was like you had one upbringing and you, you experienced other people's experience. And not that our way is wrong, because that's just how we learned it. Exactly. And exactly. someone learned it that way. And, you know, it, and we weren't the only ones. So, yeah. When <laughs> I was in grade school, uh, it was Catholic school and the nuns were from Philadelphia. Especially here yeah. in California. It's all based in uh, Mexican heritage. No matter where yeah. you go, you're speaking English and you're incorporating Spanish words as part of our English. And yet these nuns, because they were from Philadelphia, 
And they would say, oh, get your tortilla chips. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, you're a little kid. It's like, first of all, you're going, you don't know how to say tortilla. And then second, you're like, should I say anything? <laughs> but tortilla, that, that just slayed me. And everything was based from there. You know, yeah. it's like all the words, all the words were so bastardized and you didn't dare correct them. Correct them. Yeah. Right. You spoke Spanish growing up. Were you also learning English at the same time? Yeah. So I learned English. I want to say I was four or five. I started speaking English when I went to kindergarten more mm -hmm. um, at home. It was Spanish. My brothers started school before me, and I do remember feeling so proud of myself the first time I like said a sentence to them in English. My mom said, go call your brothers. So I went outside and I said, my mom is calling you. <laughs> I was like, I spoke English. <laughs> I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> For everybody to hear. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It you're going through this experience in college and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm the only Latina. Did that shift your mindset of whatever career or, or goals you were setting for yourself at that time? Not necessarily. My career has always been on like, how can I help my family? I think my brain was like a little bit creative at the same time as like, I want to study business mm -hmm. and I like math. So I studied entrepreneurship, which is, I think, a more creative side of business because yeah. it's a little bit of everything. Well, let's get into this because we did introduce you as founder and congratulations. Let's just Thank pause you. in that a moment. Let's give that all the light. Congratulations on this really big move from yeah. taking that entrepreneurship personally and creating your own company, Sipota Coffee. Tell us that story of when you decided to move into that, because that is a bold move. So I was working in property management right out of college, but I was getting so bored. <laughs> Every night when I would go to sleep, I'm like, I have to go back into the office tomorrow. I was like, the only thing that I would look forward to the next day is like, oh, what coffee drink am I going to drink? have tomorrow morning like oh I can't wait for coffee tomorrow morning and that was like the one thing I remember just like laying there and being like I'm so excited for coffee tomorrow <laughs> cafecito is the soul for me it's like yeah cafecito is like a ritual every morning you know a lot of people are like I need my coffee to go like rush 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 for me I like sitting there in peace and having my first sip and just like breathing it's like a ritual every morning. So what's going on around you when you're doing this uh, first sip in the morning? Usually nothing. Usually it's like I'm out of the shower. I'm about to start getting ready and I sit and grab my coffee and I sit there and I take a sip. So usually it's quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Centers <Serene>. you. <laughs> yeah. 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 No yeah. one's going to disrupt this moment. And this right, first exactly. is everything. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> awesome. My dad, every morning, he's like me. Me and him are very much alike. It's like every morning, you have to have your coffee first thing. Um, I actually, growing up, to take me to school, he would be like, okay, go get the coffee ready. He would try it and be like, this is not strong enough. Or this is, <laughs> okay, this is perfect. Or like, 
I want oh. these many sugars in it, <laughs> you know? So it was like, <laughs> it was with him learning, trying the coffee before serving it. That oh. was a big part of like my connection to coffee. With my dad and with my mom, it's like always a pan dulce. She loves <laughs> sweets. I love sweets. And she's like, pan dulce, dipping it in the coffee. Me, coffee, and both my parents have this relationship. I need to figure out what I want to do. And I'm just like, what do I love? Like, I love coffee. Like, <laughs> I, I wake up excited for it every morning. I share it with the people I love. Where does the name Sipota come from? What does yeah. that refer to? It's a word used in El Salvador and Central America. Sipota is a term for girl. Sipote is like, oh. you know, boy. Sipotes is plural. And I think it was this connection I have to my parents and this culture. And having coffee with pan dulce is a very Salvadorian thing. So with that in mind, I named my company Sipota Coffee. Oh, yeah. it's a very intimate connection. Yeah, definitely. With you yeah. and the family and the source, but it's mm -hmm. also bringing the culture forward because yeah. where do you source your coffees from? I source all my coffees from El Salvador. I had great teachers out there love coffee. They guided me to learning about like the best coffees in El Salvador and how to tell they're the best coffees. I really appreciate that you provide the information on the website about El Salvador and also where the coffees are coming from. I learned on your website, there's so many different regions already. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how mountainous the country was. I didn't realize yeah. that there were so many different varieties divided across the country uh, in the coffee yeah. growing region. Yeah, very much encourage anyone to visit El Salvador and there's a lot of farms out there that are open to you coming and have a little tour of the coffees. Diego Barona, who's providing my coffee that I have available right now, has an amazing farm. It's like a standalone volcano. Wow. And his coffee is grown between like these two mountains. So the air flows through these two mountains and that's what helps dry his coffee and you're up there and you're like, wow. And you could see on one side, the little town down there and the other side on the other little town. And it's beautiful. You know, everyone has their stories and like we're sharing mine right now, but his story was just like really touching to me. And, and not just that, because I feel like we all have a story that could touch someone being at his farm and like meeting him with my family, with my parents. We were just like, oh my God, we love this, you know? His family's owned the farm for five generations and his dad actually passed away from COVID oh, in 2020. So and sorry. he was, you know, just finishing his master's and starting his career and he had to drop everything to step in for his dad and basically grow oh, these no coffees. Kidding. Yeah, and oh. he's doing it with lots of pride and courage and just love for the coffee. Like, yeah. you see there, and then yeah. he gets excited. He's like, this one. Um, uh. But, you know, we were sitting at his farm, like, up top, where you could see the waterbed with the rainwater, mm -hmm. and you could see these hawks flying above. And I'm like, Diego, we need to make a movie about your life. <laughs> I was like, you see these hawks up here? I was like, this needs to be a Disney movie. I was like, these hawks up here. 
I was like, that's your great grandpa, your grandpa, that's your dad <laughs> looking over you, telling you, like, Aww. thank you for doing this, you know, and it's just so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Latino soul. Yeah. Yeah. Latino beautiful. soul. No, just a description of having his farm on this volcano between the two mountains. It's so spiritual. It's yeah. so like from the earth and that soulful mm -hmm. feel of caring. Oh, right. I love that. He needs a three hawks blend. Yeah. Maybe you do a three hawks blend with the three personalities. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> so everything I source is actually specialty coffee. And there's like tiers to coffee. Um, I'm not sure that. if most people know. Yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> so there's gourmet coffee, which is top tier, which is okay. part of the specialty coffee spectrum. Specialty coffee is higher quality coffee. There's commodity coffee, which is coffee that most places will serve. But the specialty coffee is really high quality coffee. And that is because in every step and of the process from like farmer to consumer, you're making sure that the quality and the care is there. Oh. Yeah. Also, specialty coffees are grown at altitudes of 1200 meters above sea level and higher, oh, um, wow. which allows the the coffee bean to grow slower which then enhances the flavors and the notes you get from it because it's growing slower has more time to develop there's different processes there the wash the honeys um the naturals and it's just they're fermented they're dried in different ways with the pulp on without the pulp on in water without water and it's also depending on what the farmer has available to them. For example, Diego Barona from Finca Los Pirineos, where um, I have my current coffee from. It's a black honey pacamara. He mm. doesn't have a lot of water. So what he has is this huge like reservoir in his farm where all the water is saved there. And that's what he uses wow. to grow his coffee. So it's very sustainable as well. They provide this like green coffee. That okay. green coffee bean is what you roast. And then the roaster has to take very good care of the way they're roasting their coffee. And each coffee bean, each variety is different. The roaster in 10 minutes mess up a, the best coffee in the world. Oh, no um, kidding. Yeah. So the roasting is very important. Well, that's an intense job. Yeah. Yeah. The roasting sounds really intense. And I learned it too. And I love it because it's a lot of math, but also I'm like, it's a little bit scary. <laughs> you want to like get it there slowly. And there's like a first crack. There's like the developing and then first crack. Then there's a second crack. And, you know, after that second crack, it's all dark roast. Um, and that, that determines oh, also the, the roast type. Yeah. So the first oh. crack then after is like the light and then medium light is like and medium is like between there and then after the second crack it's the dark roast <laughs> no it's see that's like, perfect because the whole time you're describing this i'm thinking i'm a third crack oh yeah i'm a third i'm in the third, third crack, crack of my life it was like that first crack in your 20s and 30s maybe you don't take life too seriously it's all easy going and then it gets a little more difficult and intense in your 40s and you yeah. know by the time you hit my age you're on that third crack and you're like ah nothing's gonna stop me you better be ready for me i'm gonna be a little bold coming at you a little forceful mm -hmm. coming at you but it's like <laughs> 
And I am gourmet. <laughs> yeah, of course. I love I love you're putting a life into this like coffee terms. It's amazing. <laughs> Are you part of this experience of actually knowing the varieties and then wanting a certain roast? Are you involved yeah. in that process? Yeah, definitely. Um I Again, I'm very fortunate to have a connection with my parents being from El Salvador and me being able to go back there to learn about coffee and what I wanted to do with Sipota Coffee, where I wanted to show that, you know, this little country has such amazing things. So with like the Black Honey Pacamara is something I've I tried with Diego Barona in El Salvador before providing it here to everyone. With my roasters, I actually um, am in collaboration with the Yes Please for my roasting. They have tastings every week or cupping sessions, and you're basically trying coffee to see which ones you like. You said cupping, coffee cupping, mm -hmm. in order to choose whether you like the coffee or not. What is coffee cupping to begin with, and what is that process like? Yeah, so coffee cupping is very fun. <laughs> <laughs> you have this like these little like bowls kind of there's kind of look like little rice bowls and you have coffee grounds you put in there and then mm. you pour the hot water over it and they have a layer of coffee grounds and at first it's like the aromas you get when you break the that shell of ground coffee and then there's like you have oh. to wait 12 minutes until you're able to try the coffee because it's at the perfect temperature by then you have a little spoon and you usually try the coffee, like a little. Okay. And you kind of like wine tasting, like suck it in, like suck the coffee in with like the air. And then you, you're able to taste like the notes and the body of the coffee in your mouth. That's basically what coffee cupping oh. is. Yeah. So that's where you're like, oh, I don't like this one. I'm not going to provide this one to yeah. my customers. The so next step, like making your coffee so you're getting that balance so coffee has the bitterness the acidity and the sweetness and when you're brewing it when you're making your coffee you want to get the balance of all those three so when you taste a cup of coffee and it's too bitter you know you could bring that bitterness down or if it's too acidic you could bring that down and then you have this balance of three okay so for those of us at home brewing our own coffee and you talk about how we could end up with these imbalances, let's say, for instance, mm -hmm. we find our coffee um, too acidic. What can we do to make that more balanced? So there's a few things that go into like making the perfect cup or yeah, the grind size. Okay. And then your water to coffee ratios. You could change your grind size. If it's too acidic, your water may be flowing through the coffee too quickly. So you make it a little finer. So obviously, if you use like three parts coffee, one part water, you're mm -hmm. going to get this like more concentrated, more bitter coffee. The most important thing when you're brewing your coffee at home is like, make it the way you like it. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about how can the community participate in your business? I am online right now. Sipotacoffee.com is the website. The about has information on me, information about Salvadoran coffee, and also information about um, the producers where my coffee's coming from. There's a shopping, obviously, yeah. that shows what I have available. I have more varieties coming. 
You could buy it off the website and it ships all over the U.S. right now. Now, are the coffees coming ground? It's whole bean because the whole concept of like you want to provide the best coffee. Uh, Coffee is best when it's grinded right before you use it. Oh, and then people have the control to grind it to the size that they like their coffee flavor to come through us. Exactly. When I hear you speaking about it and sharing the stories, it becomes so much more personal to Mm -hmm. the country. If we're having coffee from Zipota Coffee, I feel like we get to know more about the culture and the country it's coming from. And then by the time you get to the coffee, you're just in full gratitude from all that culture. Wow. This is beautiful. Yeah. And Um, I love that you're getting that because that is, that is very much what I want Sipota coffee to be like this whole, this experience of coffee where you're knowing like full spectrum. You having the vivacity and the courage and the intelligence and all of it to establish this company, to go out and be the Latina coffee company. Do you know of very many other Latinas who are starting coffee businesses at any level in the industry? I know Joanna, my amazing instructor in El Salvador. (laughs) Um, But here in the U.S.? I have not, and I would love to. I was actually thinking about that last night. I don't know many Latinas. I'm curious to know yeah. because it it has been a very machismo industry. It's yeah. been all male forever. And I'm only now in our area, I'm beginning to see small coffee businesses by women of color. Yeah, it feels good to be yeah. part of this wave of Latina women who are becoming part of this industry. You said you're opening a shop. You're opening a shop for Cipota Coffee? So again, being so fortunate. And I want to say, if you keep your mind open and accept help from others, I was unhappy. And I shared, I shared with my boyfriend's mom, who I mentioned is amazing. And she's like, oh, we can open this place and you could do coffee there. So we're opening a place, my boyfriend and I, with his family. It's going to be called Arroz and Fun. Um, it's going to be a little cafe, breakfast, brunch uh, location in Lincoln Heights, Los Angeles. It's going to be a fusion of our, both our cultures. They're Chinese, Peruvian. I'm Salvadorian. So we're going to have a little like Latin and Asian fusion mm-hmm. foods. I'm going to be running the coffee program there. Oh, congratulations. That's so fun and exciting. I love the blend too. This is where we start networking across the Latina community. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And a big thing to that is like we're seeing, especially with this We All Grow community, Mm -hmm. you feel less fearful Mm -hmm. of doing things because you're like, I could have the support. You know, like you see all these women doing it, all these women supporting each other and you're just like, yeah, I can do this because we were seeing that. And it's amazing. It's so amazing. I left my job in August, 2021, right after my birthday. <laughs> I left my job. Happy birthday I'm to like, you. I didn't, thank you. I, I was like, I just turned 30. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this my whole life. I want to say like, if it wasn't for the community, the Latina community and hearing all these stories of, hey, I did it. 
and you could do it too. I don't think I would have had as much power to be like, mm-hmm. I don't need to be here and I need to move on and go do this. So very yeah. much grateful for, for this community. Wow. Another yeah. very loud shout out to We All Grow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What is one thing that you would share right now to a younger generation Latina? A big thing, and I think something that I've learned and I've heard from other women is we could come from different backgrounds and and even within our own families, things that were like traumatizing, things that affected us in a negative way. I would say just stay positive. Don't let those things bring you down. I know like sometimes these negative thoughts, like you're like one second, you're like, I could do this. And then your brain is like, but this, but this, but this. And then if someone at a younger age told you you can't do something, you get that in your head and don't let that cripple you. Don't let those negative thoughts cripple you. Remember to always shift it and go back to the positive and let that keep keep you going. I think that would be the biggest thing and something I've learned to do with myself. You're going to have these negative experiences. You're going to have negative thoughts. You're going to have negative memories, but don't let those things cripple you and know that you can do it. Know that you can be powerful, be brave, be successful. And being yourself is the biggest thing. That's amazing. That is a really powerful message and sentiment and life experience to share that, yes, this is how it can be done. Okay, final question. How would you describe yourself in coffee terms? I would say I'm, I guess, balanced. Balanced, a little bit sweet, slightly acidic for the... I would say acidics to craziness, slightly acidic, and low bitterness. <laughs> and bold. Uh, and, yeah, very floral flavors, oh. floral notes. <laughs> That's how I would describe myself. That's perfect. Term. That's perfect. I love it. Yes. Okay. I just I had to sneak that. that in there. Yes. I would say you're bold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bold. Yes. Bold. That's yes. Tr- strong. Bold, strong. I don't know how where the adventure term comes in for in coffee, but yeah. I, I think would say should. that's where I've been like using the acidity as like the adventure, the craziness. This is where I say you are the sommelier of coffee. Yeah. Because you can really describe this as floral notes or this is acidic. Maybe we should have another interview with you and the women with the uh, Latina Wine Club. They're back yes, in New York. Yes, I, mean, I would when, love that. Right? And I would also love to learn more about wine. How else can people find out more about Zipota Coffee and reach out to you? I have all social media. So there's all the social media is like at Zipota Coffee, Instagram, Twitter, I believe TikTok even. And you can reach out to me on my personal Instagram as well, at Gardi Rosales, Gardi with an I. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Great. Oh, awesome. Thank you so very, very much. This has been such a soulful episode and you've taken us all over the place with enthusiasm and hope and support. And we really would love the community to just come out and support you in this because you are both breaking barriers, leading the way and reaching out and asking people to join you. It's such a beautiful spirit you have. Thank you. 
And thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. I could always talking to you and and sharing. You know, I I didn't know I could explain all these things I did in the way I did. It's so easy. Yeah. So thank you. Did I not tell you that was going to be so much fun? If you have a chance to be in LA, show Gardi some love by stopping in at the cafe she mentioned, Arroz y Fun, that she started with her boyfriend and her boyfriend's family. It has opened. They are now available Wednesday through Sunday, I believe. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and weekend brunch. There you can try Sipota Cafe for yourself and enjoy the beautiful fusion of all the cultures. Now, as I mentioned in the beginning, I have a special ask relative to the harsh conditions here in California and the farm workers that are struggling with these horrible conditions that are blocking them from working. They only get paid daily by their harvest, but our fields are flooded, so they're going without. So please, here's my ask. Take a look on Instagram at the account Flower in Spanish. It's a very powerful account run by Flor Martinez in supporting the communities that are under these injustices. So take a look. She has so many ways to participate, to volunteer, to donate, to provide. Again, embrace the community. Embrace the love of culture. Remember to please invite your friends to join us on the podcast community. Ask them to subscribe and follow us on our Instagram profile at lifelinks. That's L-N-X-X. And you could read more about the awesome Latinas we have had on this show on our website at thelinks.com. We appreciate you being part of this community. And we love that it keeps expanding and growing and meeting these amazing women all the time. Stay safe out there in this winter craziness. Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time you take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at Lifelinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!